happy hump day or happy hump night, depending on however you are celebrating. You are listening to the Alex B. Podcast. And I figured that little clip of that song right there was a perfect way to kind of lead in to start the podcast, I'm sure. Again, you know about this podcast, right? What I do. There's, there's news you've already heard. You've heard the professionals talk about it. Now you'll hear me talk about it, throw in my two cents, run my mouth for sometimes 20, 30 minutes, and then go on with your day. I don't know why anybody would need a restraining order against John Oates. Like, who's this guy going to beat up? As you've heard, they're battling in the news. So it's all down to publishing rights, okay? You, know, you get together in the 70s. You don't know the music business like it is now and how a lot of artists are, are you know, speaking up and getting their, their publishing rights back and everything else and the royalties or whatever. So these guys go into an agreement way back in the day. Daryl sells off a little bit of his portion of the catalog. And now Oates is like, wait a minute. Daryl's like pretty much the voice of Hall & Oates. Let's be serious there for a minute. Same thing, George Michael was the voice of Wham. Okay, if Andrew originally put out a fucking solo record, nobody would give a fuck. George Michael went on to do serious solo success. Anywho, now John Oates is going and saying, wait a minute, I want to sell off my little bit of my portion too because, you know, you, you want to be able to make a living off of it. So there's a company out there called Primary Wave Investment Management Group. Now, these guys, they buy catalogs and publishing rights and a lot of other stuff. So they're, they're a mover and shaker as far as owning publishing, uh, publishing rights. They've been doing it a while. A prime example is a couple years ago, the Prince heirs, there's six of them, right? So these guys have been approaching the Prince heirs a while back about getting, you know, part of Prince's catalog because they were still trying to figure things out. So three of the six Prince heirs sold off their interest or their rights or whatever to Primary Wave, and they got a little chunk of cash, and now they're gone. Now, the thing that sucks about that is if Prince's commercial winds up like, you know, or Prince's music you know ends up in like a McDonald's or Burger King commercial, guess what? Three of those heirs can't say shit because primary wave owns the publishing owns the royalties etc etc so that's basically what i guess they're battling about and i guess daryl hall's pissed off because oats revealed you know some of the confidential stuff that those two agreed with to primary what you want to do okay if you're trying to sell your stuff okay your catalog or whatever you definitely want to tell the prospective buyer whatever agreements might be in place because the last thing you want them to do is they buy the catalog and then oh by the way well him and daryl signed this and it's and it's messy because the same thing happened with Prince. There's all this music in the vault, right? Now, some of it belongs to Warner Brothers. Some of it belongs to Prince. Because if he was under contract, if he recorded something not released, how do you know who the music belongs to if it was never released? So, you're, you know, if he was under contract between, you know, 1984 and 1990, so any tape or whatever that's dated down there automatically goes to this person. So it's a messy situation, but buyers have been burned before. And I believe Universal uh, Music Group thought they were able to get a chunk of Prince's shit, and that didn't happen because Warner Brothers like, no, wait a minute, we own this portion of the safe. And then Prince's heirs is like, no, we own this portion of the safe. And then it's just messy. So that's basically what's going on with Hall & Oates. Now, obviously, they're not dealing with like the messiness and stuff of the Prince estate, but nonetheless, hopefully, they get it settled out, man. Hopefully, they, they because, you know, when you want to sell stuff that's yours, that you've worked hard on, and... You know, you want to make your money back on it because you're getting older. You want something for your kids. It just makes sense. He's just trying to sell and to sell safe, which a lot of people don't do. And we'll talk about it next as we cruise the news. Let's go.
Okay, boys and girls, this is out of the Lou University City, which, by the way, I lived out in University City, U-City, as uh, the hip people try to call it. Uh, back when I worked at Walter Payton's at uh, St. Louis Union Station, I lived out there. Debal for Place Apartments. Listen to this. This is bizarre as fuck. Every time I think I can't be further amused or just like hilarity of the internet, another story pops up. A St. Louis man has been charged with stealing air fresheners from a storage building at the shuttered market in University City that made news earlier this year for being home to 10 tons of rotting seafood. Yuck. Rataka Lamans Marshall, age 46, was charged Friday with second-degree burglary and stealing both felonies. Now, you're thinking to yourself, what was he stealing? He stole air fresheners. Air, like, air fresheners. Nobody knows why he would have wanted to steal the air fresheners, but police said they are worth about 1200 bucks. Charges alleged that he stole 120 cases of Airwick air fresheners and 24 cases of tea. The Seafood City Supermarket at 8020 Olive Boulevard has been closed and the building condemned since late March when inspectors with the St. Louis County Department of Health found that the store had been open and selling food despite orders to close for health violations back in December of 22. So, thousands of pounds of seafood were rotting away in freezers. They didn't have electricity, et cetera, et cetera. So, they got everything cleaned up. Now, they guess, I guess they just have to get the building bulldozed. So, this guy's probably thinking, okay, wait a minute. The building's condemned. Nobody's really going to want shit out of it, right? Wouldn't you think kind of the same thing? So he goes into the building that's, again, condemned to be demolished and stole what was in there. So I'm kind of like on the fence on this one. Because if it's condemned and it's going to get bulldozed anyway, is it really that deep that he stole a bunch of fucking air fresheners? I don't know. I'm confused on that. Again, I'm not condoning crime by any stretch of the imagination. However... The building's condemned. They're going to be hit with a bulldozer, wrecking ball, whatever. He's like, well, fuck this. I'm going to see what's in here. Okay. So last Thursday, police got called. There was an open door and uh, they walked in and they found several cases of air freshener stacked outside the rear door. A pry bar and meat cleaver were next to the door. Officers went inside, saw Marshall next to a shopping cart. The cart was loaded with air fresheners. University, university police officer said in court documents he then ran into the building and hid the officer searched for him and yelled out and said they would send in a police dog to find him if he didn't come out he then eventually came out from the building on his own and was arrested again i i don't understand so the police officer in seeking a warrant including this language in court records quote I believe that the defendant poses a danger to the community and to any other person because of the nature of these offenses. He's dangerous because he stole some fucking air fresheners? Now, I can understand if he was running around the fucking neighborhood with the meat cleaver. Okay, that might be a little bit viable. But he was stealing air fresheners and tea. So he's initially held on a $25,000 bond. Christopher King, the public information officer at the prosecuting attorney office, said the bond was reasonable for two felonies, especially when they involve someone accused of forcing his way into a building with a crowbar and meat cleaver. Again, not condoning crime. The building's going to be condemned, okay? So does it really matter? Did he really break an enter? And he's a danger to the neighborhood. <laughs> For stealing air fresheners. 
and tea. <laughs> Fuck. All right, let's talk about a little financial news. Let me let me try to act like I'm a little bit informed about what's going on with the economy. And I saw this headline on Fox 59 News uh, that said, Home sales have been up and rising for the last few years, but a new October report shows them down, marking a 13-year low. Of course, number one, the fucking interest rates are through the fucking roof. And people are gouging people. House back in Indy, man, the, the people that bought it, Three years later, are selling it for sixty thousand more. Ain't done shit to it. So there's a lack of housing inventory. Uh, existing homeowners are gouging motherfuckers. The interest rates are crazy. I don't know how people are going to do it. And if you see these commercials about doing an arm where the rate goes up, don't do that. Don't do that. You'll get burned on that. I won't get into that. But don't don't do like the adjustable arm or whatever on the mortgage. Just make sure you go. But still, at seven percent or whatever it is now, seven point whatever. That's a lot of money. I mean, that's a lot. That's that's a lot of money to come up with for your down payment. Because now, whatever down payment you were making three or four years ago to get a house, let's say a house valued at you know two hundred fifty thousand or whatever two sixty. Okay, now they're wanting you put like fifty thousand dollars down. Something crazy. They want you to put twenty percent down. And the interest rates are just through the roof. So I don't know. What that what that means for the economy, what that means for anything, but I just that's 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 big money. And the people that own houses, especially in, in developed areas or like, you know, better neighborhoods or anything else, guess what, man? They're smart. Because they can gouge and it's a gouge it's really is a gouging that's going on. Cause you can pull up like Zillow or you can pull up uh, you know, any of those uh you know, real estate sites and you can see the the property history and you can see when it was put up for sale, when it was sold, when the price was reduced, when the price went up. And you can look at it, man. It's like a fucking seesaw. But the people that want a good house and they want to be in a good neighborhood or whatever, they're going to pay it. They don't give a fuck. Can't blame them. All right. Speaking of money, let's talk about money. Let's start with Missouri. All right. Starting January 1st, Missouri's new minimum wage will be twelve fifty, no, twelve thirty per hour. For employees who work in private businesses, the 2023 minimum wage for such employees in Missouri was 12 bucks. So it goes up 30 cents starting January 1st. Uh, Missouri has raised its minimum wage gradually each of the last eight years, according to the Missouri Department of Labor. Increases between 2018 and 2023 took effect behind a plan approved by voters. So across state lines here in Illinois, also effective on January 1st, Illinois' minimum wage will be $14 per hour for those over 18. So I can see a lot of people driving across the bridge for two more dollars an hour. But then you think about that, now you're paying taxes in two different states. You know, you got what your employer is going to you know, do to you in, in Illinois, and then you get to go back to Missouri. So I don't know how that works out, but there's some people, I know some people back in the day who worked in the region or lived in the region and would take the South Shore into Chicago and make that money, but they were getting killed in the taxes. Because of Illinois taxes and then what they had to pay in Indiana. But you got to go where the money is. Illinois Department of Labor say the state's current minimum wage took effect in 2023. So it's been going up a little bit. Now, those could have a wage less than $14 an hour. Minimum hourly rates are $8.40 for those who work in an industry with tips or $12 for anyone under 18 who also works less than 650 hours per year. Illinois Department of Employment says those 
who work for tips must be paid the minimum wage rate, but an employer can apply tip credit of 40%. Anyone who works overtime in Illinois is also entitled to pay at time of one half for anything work beyond 40 hours. So those of you that are still going in there and fucking over waitresses and bartenders and stuff like that, man, again, I know you're probably thinking, oh man, they're making good money. They're making 840 an hour in Illinois. Plus tips. So if you go in there and fuck them on a big order, okay, and they were just working for that 840 for eight hours or whatever, they ain't making shit. So there's my rant about making sure you take care of the service industry employees. And I say that because I have a lot of friends that work in the service industry currently and that used to. You know, I worked not as a waiter, but definitely, you know, with casinos and, and, and bars and stuff, man. Don't be cheap. All right. I'm going to take a small little pause for the cause, play some music, and I'll be right back. And you're listening to the Alex B podcast.
You're listening to the Alex B. Podcast. Connect with the podcast on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The username, all one word, the Alex B. Podcast. Ah, welcome back, boys and girls. Thank you, Laura Steele, for that direction of where they can find the podcast on various social media. I try. I don't get on TikTok that much, as I've said before, because you know, just if I find something that needs more of a visual, then I'll put it on social so you guys can look at it. Most times, it's just basically promoting an upcoming episode. And also, speaking of episodes, uh, we just did one with my boy Miles, the B Brothers Show. We recapped the Colts game. You can find that on the various social media sites as well as, as, as you know, if you subscribe to the podcast, you already see it anyway. So listen to this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with one of my dad's favorite phrases. This is lunacy. Meet Itania. She's a sexy Spanish model. Makes eleven thousand dollars a month thanks to her racy photos. Now you're probably thinking, well, I know where this is going because this motherfucker's always got a story about OnlyFans. Yes, I do. However, all right, you ready for this? It's a it's a bot. It's a bot. The Buxom Babe is actually a bot dreamed up by Spanish designer Ruben Cruz, who uses artificial intelligence to help make animated model look as lifelike as possible. Thanks to her lusty online fans, the designer is now making... So a dude right now is making $10,000 a month for a computer-generated chick that guys are fucking whacking off to or downloading or whatever. $10,000 a month? Quote, we did it so that we could make a better living and not be dependent on other people who have egos, who have manias, or just want to make a lot of money by posing. <laughs> Ruben Cruz told Eero News, the innovative designer is the founder of the AI model agency called The Clueless. Last summer, the idea to design Itiana came to Cruz after he struggled with the logistics of working with real-life influencers. Now, a team from his AI agency meticulously curates Itiana and her life with the help of Photoshop, deciding what she'll do, what she'll, where she'll go, and what content to post, all without the hassle of working with human creators. Are you fucking kidding me? Right? People are paying for this. People, quote, follow lives and not images, Cruz explained, so her creators were tasked to tell a story with her content since she isn't a real person. Atiana is billed as Barcelona-based fitness influencer and gamer who even has her star sign. She's a Scorpio for the record. She has an Instagram following of 132,000 people. 132,000 people are following a computer-generated bot on Instagram. Her team can now charge up to $1,000 for an advertisement image featuring her, for an advertisement featuring her image. Fans also fork out money for sultry images of the busty bot on the subscription-based platform FanView, an OnlyFans OnlyFans rival that has an array of profiles featuring AI models. So they now have a new website where if you want to look at fake AI or realistic, whatever, I don't even know what the shit means, and people are doing it. And some dudes, (laughs) Jesus Christ. That's lunacy, like my dad says. My dad says lunacy. And speaking of my dad, we were, we were hanging out the other day, having lunch, chilling out. And, you know, I was talking about horse racing and shit. And, you know, I showed him some videos and some pictures of me at the track. And he has like, the, he's, he's gold. And he goes, um, so do they ever let you ride any of those horses? I looked at him and said, dad, does it look like my fat ass needs to be on a horse? He busted up laughing. It's the funniest thing. I'm not, no, I do not ride horses at the track. 
I hang out with them. I shoot videos. I I, I, I I try to give out some tips on betting on them. I do I do a lot of stuff there, but I don't ride horses. No, not at all. All right, speaking of, uh, let's go a little bit up the street from the track. Let's go to St. Louis again. Now, you know, everybody's got these these lists, these blogs, these, these top 10 lists, these top five lists or whatever. So now this also made the rounds via our friends at Fox 2 over in St. Louis. New crime ranking lists St. Louis as the third most dangerous city. A blog released earlier this month from real estate company Norada lists St. Louis as the third most dangerous city in the United States. So we're third behind Detroit and Baltimore. Isn't that fucking, you would, you would think like maybe Chicago, maybe Gary, Indiana. I think it's per capita. It's, I, I don't know how they rank it. So it's like Detroit, Baltimore, St. Louis as the most dangerous cities. Now, if you've ever noticed this, when there's a sporting event or a concert downtown, you know, police try to do their best and, and, and you know, to light it up, have extra officers and stuff. And so there's no, there's no problems. There's no fights. There's no brawls. There's no shootings. And, you know, I haven't really looked on what really happens after concerts and sporting events. But, you know, when you have like a parade or you have anything like that, some of the nonsense tends not to happen because there's too many witnesses. There's no way to get away or whatever. Like, for example, Metallica played like two nights, St. Louis. You didn't hear about nothing crazy going on. You know, blues games. So just it kind of just depends. Now, when there's nothing going on, when there's not a blues game or not a Cardinals game, it's a whole different downtown. It's different. It's not the same. You know, when there's a when there's a game at Ballpark Village and it's lit up and it's fucking bright as fuck and there's cops everywhere that are directing traffic and the roads are limited as far as one way and all that stuff, it's a different vibe than if you go like on a Saturday night and there ain't shit going on. So it really, unfortunately, does take a big sporting event or concert or something to kind of balance things out a little bit because the, the, the bad guys will be outnumbered by the good guys that just want to go see a show, see a hockey game, see a ball game or whatever. Now, I have not been to the Lou at night in, in many years. When I go to the Lou, me and my dude do my, our monthly lunch at Hooters downtown. You know, we shoot the breeze. We talk about how we miss the 90s because we're old as fuck. And then we move on. Can't say that I've been to the Lou at night. Now, I've driven, you know, through, over the bridge and saw the arch. It looks kind of cool from a distance, but didn't get out of my car and, and check out the sights. But, you know, I would Cardinals game. I'm not, I'll be a pussy. I'm not going to lie. Cardinals game. Yeah, I'd go there at night. Blues game, depending on where I had to park, you know, because you always had those shady parking lots around, you know, the sports venues. You know, you had the, the real prime parking where somebody out there is legit, right? And they're like, you know, $50 to park. Well, you're like, well, fuck it, man. I don't want to walk. I don't want to get mugged after the show. I'll pay the money. Then you got these shady lots. Where somebody just walks up to you, looks like he just got out of, you know, got out of somebody's car. Yo, man, $10. It doesn't give you like anything to put in your windshield or nothing. So a lot of times them motherfuckers are scamming too. I digress. Okay, I got to shift a little bit of the attention back to Indianapolis to Naptown. I read about this that uh, happened just this past Tuesday in Broad Ripple. Security guard was shot at Connor's Pub out there in Broad Ripple. Shooting occurred around 1.30 on Tuesday night. Or Tuesday morning, you know what I mean? Bars closed, whatever. The shooter, believed to be a frequent customer, was asked to leave by management, leading to an altercation and the shooting. The shooter fled the scene and is currently on the run. The security guard is in stable condition and is expected to recover. Now, I got a little story about this, and I won't name the venues, but this is a true story. This is when I, this didn't, it was when I was working at Peppers. It didn't happen at Peppers, though. 
Okay, a lot of times we have seen this. I know I've witnessed it firsthand, okay? They're getting ready to throw somebody out of the bar. Now, once they get them out the door, sometimes, not all the times, bouncer will follow the guy out there. There'll be a different altercation than what's reported to police. You know, there's some little flexing going on or whatever. Or the guy's getting roughed up on his way out the door. There's a lot of combinations that can make simply getting... I don't think he just asked to leave. There's never confrontation. And I have seen this, and maybe you have or have not, where they're really chill till they get to the door, and then the guy they're throwing out wants to start swinging and puff up on them. And again, sometimes a security guard will follow them out. Sometimes they won't. This case a while ago, this is many years ago, Southside Bar, right? This guy was throwing this dude out of a bar. He follows him outside. I guess they rumbled a little bit, and I don't know exactly what happened out in the parking lot, but, you know, they duked it out a little bit, I guess. I guess the dude who got thrown out got his ass handed to him, right? So, okay, the guy's never going to come back to the bar. Well, as you see now, you can't do this shit. You can't just throw people out and not expect some repercussions. I'm not saying let people stay, but I think you got to handle it a little bit differently. So months go on, this the, the same bouncer security guard is at a different bar, okay, somewhere down the road. I know where it's at. Again, I'm not going to just, I mean, both bars are closed and non-existent, but again, I don't want to put, you know. So this guy walks into a bar, walks into the bar. It's not a joke. Walks into the bar, right? He sees the guy that he threw out a couple months prior. He's not even 10 feet in the door and, like, and goes to make a peace offering. Hey, man, you know, sorry about the other night, blah, 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 blah. And gets fucking shot, blown away, right? Killed right there on the spot. This is a guy who flexed a little bit outside of his outside of the perimeters of his authority, mixed it up with this guy who definitely remembered getting his ass handed to him, and he gets killed. And that's such a sad situation when you think about it. You don't think about that stuff now, especially like road rage. You know, people flip each other off, they honk their horns two seconds later, they're pulling out guns. You gotta be careful out there, kids. Because people, they the people are reacting. People are too reactionary these days and not thinking about the repercussions of what can happen. I'm, I'm the first to say, man. I sit there and honk my horn and be stupid. My wife will slap me upside the head, man. Don't you don't know what people are gonna do? You gotta be careful of that shit. You can't. You can't do that stuff. So please be careful. You know, hey man, I'm gonna get you. No, they used to be like a threat back in the day. Oh yeah, you're really gonna get me. You can't. I don't care if you what kind of karate, what kind of martial arts you know or whatever. You can't outrun a gun. You can't stop a bullet from hitting you. So, you know, you might think you got the better of somebody. That person might be pissed off, unstable or whatever, and comes back and then bad shit happens. So luckily, uh, the guy at Connors is going to recover. And the guy's still on the run, the guy that did the shooting, but they said he's a regular. So if you're a regular there, just leave, man, because everybody's going to know who you are. They're going to be able to find you because, you know, you're seen in there all the time. But just, again, you just, you just want to just... Stop. Stop doing that stuff, man. Now, this is a funny story. Now, I am going to change some of the adjectives just because it makes the story more funny. So instead of saying ass, uh, instead of saying butt or or buttocks, I'm going to say ass. I just It's the only way it's really going to have any kind of hilarity to it. And this is not a violent story. It's kind of a stupid story, but it's funny to me. In Evansville, Indiana... Evansville Police Department has arrested a man that allegedly had drugs and a gun tugged in his, tucked up in his ass. It said butt, but again, I told you I was going to change the words. The police department states it started with a traffic stop for a dim license plate. One of the passengers in the car was Christopher Boyd, age 32. While searching Boyd, they found a small bag with multiple pills in his right sock. Blue pills with an M30 mark, which frequently contains fentanyl and a round white pill. 
See? No. After a failed alert from K-9, according to an affidavit, Boyd, Boyd, Boyd stated that the pills were from his aunt for a lodged bullet in her spine and believed they were Percocet. When asked why there were two different pills, he claimed his aunt must have got her medicines mixed up. And she put them in your fucking sock, bro? Come on, man. Ain't nobody buying what the fuck you're selling there. Boyd also allegedly stated he couldn't spread his legs far due to the injury while officers searched his groin area. But officers alleged Boyd was tensing up. So he's clinching his ass cheeks, right? You know, because you don't want to fart, fart a gun out. Duh. Boyd claimed he did not have anything stuffed into his ass or into his groin. <laughs> I swear there's nothing in my ass. I swear. Mm-hmm, motherfucker. Sure. Uh, police department said once he got to the jail, he walked with a limp, appearing to be clenching his ass cheeks while walking. A body scanner allegedly detected a large object and further search turned up two bags with a green leafy substance. After allegedly struggling, Boyd was able to be lowered to the ground. So basically he had to squat. <laughs> they said <laughs> lower to the ground like he was a fucking like a like an I-beam at a construction site. So basically they made him squat out pops the gun. And but here's what's weird. A later check of the gun revealed it was not stolen. So it's kind of weird if the gun's not stolen that you would shove it up your ass unless you're a felon and shouldn't have a gun or something like that. So apparently, I guess this guy's got a big criminal history. So he had an extensive history out of Chicago, Illinois, with prior convictions for attempted murder in 2011, burglary and domestic battery in 2018. The history also said Boyd was a convicted, serious, violent felon and domestic batter and had a protective order against him, which all prohibits Boyd from carrying a handgun. So the dude's bad fucking news. And he can't lie with his shit either. A check of the pills revealed the white pill identified as oxycodone hydrochloride, a Schedule II narcotic. The two M30 pills were also identified as oxycodone hydrochloride with a small amount of one of the pills testing positive for fentanyl. The green leafy substance got a positive test for THC. All the drugs totaled 14.1 grams. Uh, Boyd was booked on multiple intimidation, trafficking, and possession charges. Man. I just hope the story wouldn't get out in the jail. You know, he gets locked up. Hey, man, how'd they find that gun? Oh, man, they made me squat. It popped out of my ass. <laughs> All right. Before we wrap up this little, this little shindig or this little thing I call the Alex B. Podcast, this is out of Disneyland. A Disneyland guest on It's a Small World, Small World Ride got an unexpected and unwelcome show this past Sunday when a man stripped nearly naked and got up close and personal with some of the set pieces on the iconic ride. So I don't know if he was trying to dry hump Minnie Mouse or bend over for Donald. I don't know what was going on. Officers with the Anaheim Police Department responded to the theme park at around 1.30 p.m. to assist the security with the incident. Video of the streakers obtained by, or streaker, I should say. It's just one guy. Uh, by Nextar's uh, KTLA shows the man, uh, eerily lit in blue and orange and pink lights, walking around nearly in the buff to the sound of Christmas music. <laughs> Fuck. I want to party with this fucking guy. Uh, so somebody on Twitter got on there and said, I'm on a small world and there was a streaker. I cannot believe this is happening. Uh, Disneyland officials told uh, KTLA that the man stepped outside of the ride and, you know, <laughs> the employees were trying to catch him, I guess. Uh, they stopped the ride as soon as they knew the guy was there. At some point, somebody snapped him outside of the ride and it looks like he went full birthday suit out in the sunshine. So, yeah, 
His clothes were photographed sitting on a pile near the floor inside. The 26-year-old man was arrested for indecent exposure and being under the influence of a controlled substance. No way. Under the influence? Taking off your clothes on It's a Small World, right? Say it isn't so. Just like the song. I'm out of here. You've been listening to the Alex B. Podcast. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, occasionally TikTok. Find me there. I'll talk to you soon. I'm out.